From the Dallas Center Studios in beautiful Dallas, Texas, this is the Next Issue Comics Podcast here on DallasOnAir.com. And now here's your hosts, Clay Harrison and Adrian Harry. Kyle, where are you, Kyle? We know where Kyle's at, but uh, let's go ahead and start the show. Welcome to the Next Issue Podcast. We are a bi-weekly comic book podcast out of Dallas. We are part of the Dallas On Air Live family. You can catch these guys as co-hosts on Just a Sec, which I will be joining them today after this show. And we are three friends that love to talk about our lifelong love of comics. Uh, what do you mean up to, Adrian? None. <laughs> I've had actually had a chance to read some. Yeah. Um, I read Hush. Um, it was suggested on the last episode. Yeah, I don't know if you want Kyle. to talk about that later. but that, Yeah, we can get into that. We can get right. into that. Well, well, let's wait till Kyle gets in, because that was right. his book. Right. So we definitely want to have him. Um, yeah. Still reading 12 Reasons Why I Love Her. Good read. Um, speaking of Jones, um, so... Yeah, I guess it was after the show. Last show, I went and picked up my daughter. Yeah. And uh, we had to do some back-to-school shopping. So we did that. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take this opportunity and take her to her first comic book shop. Nice. Um, I picked up a... Uh, Which shop? Uh, I'll get to that. Nah. So um, <laughs> we... Uh, I picked up a, a bunch of books for her on free comic book day. Yeah. And gave it to her. And she said she read them all and liked them and stuff like that. So I'm like, all right, it's time to just take her to a shop. Um, so we went to a Duncanville bookstore. Oh, okay. Um, never been there. Yeah. Heard a lot about it. Um, most comic, and you know, I'm, I was on a budget, of course. Um, I plan on spending about 20 bucks, pick her up like several different single issues. Yeah. And uh, most comic book shops don't carry a ton of paper, or trade paperbacks. Um. For obvious reasons, you yeah. know, they're so expensive. And well, you know, if you look it, at if you look at it, it's not beneficial for them. I mean, no. uh, the, uh, Comixology will throw them on for you know two ninety nine right. when they're sitting in the store for sixteen ninety nine. Right. So we walk in, and the first thing you see is a whole wall, maybe almost twice the length of this wall right here. Okay. Um, nothing but trade paperbacks. Nice. All DC. Well. Yeah. So then you walk onto the other side, and there's another wall yeah. full of trades for Marvel. All right. So, of course, we hit the DC first, and I had to explain to her what trade paperbacks were and how you get, you know, comics are broken down. You have single issues, but it's usually a story arc, usually four episodes, you know, four issues, six issues, maybe even 12 issues. Once that run is done, if it was popular enough, they put it in trade paperback form, so you just pick up that that one book. So she was fascinated with that, 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 um, that way of reading. Yeah. So we started looking and it was, uh, by the time it was all said and done, we had about 10 books up. Oh, now of course my budget is only 20 bucks. Yeah. So she can only choose one. So she ended up choosing, um, Supergirl being super by, um, Tamaki and Jones. Nice. And, um, but I got a chance to, and I feel bad because I want to support my local comic book shops. Yeah. But if she's going to trade paperback route, <laughs> you know where I'm going to pick up trade paperbacks. Yeah. I'm going to half price books. Yeah. Right. 
So, um, but at least I got a sense of what she wants, you know, what, what she's interested in. And I, the guy that worked there helped a lot oh, at picking cool. out different stuff. Cause she's really into female superheroes. Shout out to so, Duncanville bookstore. Yeah. And, um, so he, when we got to the Marvel section, he started picking out stuff I didn't even think about like, um, moon girl and devil dinosaur. Yeah. I would have picked, um, that. which after I thought about it, when he brought it to my attention, I was like, this would be perfect for her. Yeah. You know, the smartest person in the Marvel universe is a little 13 year old girl. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that was on a Sunday. She texted me on a Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon, and she had already finished the book. Good. And she kind of glossed over where she liked it. So a couple of days later, we're texting. I'm like, hey, you never told me what you thought about the book. She goes, I liked it. I'm like, okay. And then a couple you know, messages later, she's like, no, I'm sorry, Daddy. I, I take that back. I loved it. I'm like, all right, cool. So hopefully I got her semi-hooked on comics. No, that's it, good. it came down to uh, being super and mad love. Oh, really? Because she really wanted a Harley, Harley Quinn. Quinn. So, and I'm like, and I know that if she's going to read Harley Quinn, I need to read it first. Yeah. Because Harley Quinn, unlike, I know a lot of girls probably like her, but she is a grown-up character yeah. for the most part. She has some adult storylines that right. you need to be aware of. And <laughs> um, her stuff with the Suicide Squad is very rated R. Very. Um, so I think I'm going to have to stick with the Paul Dini stuff. Yeah. And the funny thing about it is she's digging through the long boxes, right? And she and I'm explaining to her, you know, so, Daddy, why are these so expensive? I go, well, you know, they're, they're older comic books because they had a shit ton of, of long boxes. Nice. And I didn't look at what she was looking at. Like, I wasn't. And so she pulls one up, and it's a Daffy Duck. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. I know it's an old comic book. You know, it was like a nickel, something like that. And then I looked at the price, and I was like, and I looked at the long box. I'm like, I need you to put that back very carefully. <laughs> and I need you to look over here at some of these newer comics. And she's like, why, Daddy? I go, that's 850 bucks. Oh. Oh. If you damage it, Daddy cannot pay for that. So you go ahead and stay away from all these boxes right here in this section right here. So it was all the classics and stuff. And so, But we had a great time. Daddy, I, I, I t tore this comic. Right. Uh, you're going to have to buy it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was pretty much... Um, my comic experience. I, I started reading Dark Victory. Yeah. Um, what can I say about Tim Sale's art? So Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just awesome to look at. I mean, it, what's really incredible is when you get a book like that that you haven't read and you get to go through it for the first time. Right. It's so... Yeah, it's just good. Looking at the art is just so beautiful. Right. Um, I said goodbye to EJ this week. E oh, really? Yeah, EJ... Uh, Minnesota, you, right? Yeah, moved okay. to Minnesota. Some of you know, uh, EJ's my little brother. Uh, he moved with his mom, and uh, we've been uh, trading texts still, but uh, four years. Hopefully, I got him into some comics. Right. Uh, I'm shipping him um, the second one from the John Lewis series. Because mm -hmm. um, I gave him the first book thinking, I don't know if he'll read this. This is, you know, a lot of history. It's not really a fun read, but uh, when I quizzed him about it, he had read it, and I was like, oh, "Okay, so I'll get." So I'm shipping in the second one. Uh, went to go hang out one last time at uh, oh Dave and Buster's, right? And uh, dude only invited girls to his going away party. Oh, <laughs> of course, 
player. I told you that boy. Nothing I've taught him. Player. I told you that was a boy after my own heart. <laughs> after we went and had pizza that one day, I, I knew. <laughs> him and when, I were like this son. <laughs> when Danny thought it was your child. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh we gonna, my god that was wow. so funny the most leave adrian's kid here <laughs> <laughs> um so uh four years later um uh, hopefully you know you can't really tell on these uh, you just kind of hope that you gave a kid you know some encouragement some direction and some fun things to read right you know, so uh, we're staying in touch. Uh, shout out if he's watching. He's he's starting to stream and game online. So uh, today I'm sending him something to help him with that. So hopefully he'll he'll be online and on Twitch gaming and streaming soon. That's cool. So, uh, what are you reading? You do you read you read Tib Sale or you read Hush? I read Hush. You started uh, Dark Victory. Started Dark Victory. Still reading uh, Twelve Things I Love About Her. Okay. All right. Um, I I have been real behind. I'm I'm, uh, but I want to talk about one book. Okay, pull, pull pull up the one on this one, Zach, because man, uh, everyone needs to go out and buy Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man number three hundred eight. You were really high on this series. Wow, I I uh, I hadn't read any Chip Zars, uh, Zdarsky, um Spider-Man, so I was like, hey, Chris Bocciolo's doing it. I love his art. I'm gonna pick this up. Everyone, please grab this book. It's just a two-parter, but the first part hooked me so much. I'm really excited to talk about this book. So hopefully when the second issue comes out, we can maybe do a little recap in here. Okay. But to anyone who gets a chance, that's that may be my book of the year so far. Really? I you like really... it better than Superman? Yes. And and and. Bottom line, the edge goes to the art. I mean, not that I don't like the Superman art. I just love Chris's art more. And right. I will always gravitate to that. So it's just a personal opinion. Right. Um, it's a um, story between Peter and Sandman. Mm-hmm. And that's all I'm going to give you. You know, we haven't seen yeah. Sandman. I'm trying to remember the last time we saw him uh, in a spider book, but I haven't really been reading. So hopefully after, you know, we get into Dan Slott's run, I can mm-hmm. see some of that, but um, man, like I, I want to spoil everything about this, but I want y'all to enjoy it. So I'm really putting out uh, the the big yell for this. Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man 308, totally worth picking up. Uh, if you don't feel like it was worth it, please yell at me. Right. <laughs> um, after reading Hush, I, I see why uh, Kyle... Thinks it's a central read. Yeah, um, wasn't my favorite Batman story by far. But yeah, it, it's um, it, it, it's it's okay. Yeah, for me. Right. Um, I'm trying to think. You know, really, how I would describe Hush, but I'd have to reread it because it didn't have that much of an impact for right. me to remember so much about it. I mean, I do remember the art being really beautiful. The art was beautiful, um, but I also remember All Star Batman had beautiful art too, and that was a shit book. <laughs> I don't know that yet, but yeah, um, it had some cool plot, or uh, you know, the big story of Catwoman finding out Batman is Bruce Wayne, yeah, um, and their love affair. I thought it was interesting how cool Dick Grayson was about it. Um, that was interesting, um, but yeah, it was just like you said, it was an okay book. 
if Kyle was here, I'd tell him. I don't know if that's an essential. I could, I could probably I, pick I, 10 more Batman books about that. Right. That would be more essential. Yeah. And I would probably dip into some Neil Adams. Mm-hmm. I uh, thought the... Throwing Jason Todd, the way Jason Todd was thrown in there mm-hmm. was kind of shoehorned. Yeah. I thought it was that was kind of weird. Um, they threw Harvey Dent in there for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. Um, you thought it would be a bigger part of the plot, but it ended up being just a few panels. and. You know, sometimes I think they try to include everyone. It's yeah. like, you know, Jim wants to draw every single character, right. you know, and I think he has a dozen times over. So. Right. And he makes pretty books. People yeah. want to see his art. So right. um, we were hoping to have Kyle on. Um, obviously, at the He-Man convention, he's partied a little too much. Uh, maybe hooked up with uh, Neela. I don't know. Maybe. Tila. 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 Mm-hmm. Maybe he uh, crossed into some other series. Hey, there you go. <laughs> Kyle, we're waiting for you. Um so let's go ahead and get back into essential reads. Uh, we're mm-hmm. just going to probably just bat this back and forth uh, all morning. So do you have one at the top of well, your list? Before we get into that, yeah. um, there's some news, comic book news that's actually happened in the last two weeks. And I want to know your thoughts on it. Okay. Uh, DC has confirmed that Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy are married. Okay. All right. Uh, I don't think that really matters. No. Anything, but came out to be Kevin Smith. I want to see how it affects both characters, though. Right. You know, we got Harley coming out of the most dysfunctional relationship in the history of relationships. Right. <laughs> With, yeah. Um, I get, it, it didn't, like, I, it's news. Yeah. Um, but it didn't really move the meter for me at all. No. I um, mean, you know, uh, it's, it's saying that they have, uh, that they... They recognize that marriage in DC Universe. Right. But if they're in love, they're in love. Well, then they do some like alternative universe timeline to where some lines are affected and some not. I wasn't quite sure when I read, when I read the news. Yeah. Um, that I'm not sure. Hmm. Okay. Um, and Kevin Smith is doing a Hit Girl series. Kind of excited about that. Yeah. I think uh, I've never seen him really get into like a, a violent storyline right so i'm curious to see how he's gonna do that i think he'll do all right um well we do and then, and then there was one other news story i was curious too is mm-hmm. uh guardians volume three is on indefinite delay everyone that was uh, in georgia supposed to report for volume three uh pre-production was sent home so marvel may be fighting the mouse and uh for james gunn and more power to him they stood firm, but they did stand firm on no. Yeah. At the, well, for now. Yeah. So basically, if that movie shuts down, I mean, how does that affect their, you know, Phase all of four. Marvel's? Yeah. Right. Going forward. The, the only reason why we don't know is because we haven't seen Avengers 4. Right. Um, Avengers 4 could end where we don't have to see the Guardians anymore. But yeah, but it's an that, that's trilogy a pretty and it's, that's a big franchise. It's flushing a whole lot of money down yeah, the toilet. That, yeah. That's saying, I mean, because what did the volume two make? Eight hundred million. That's like right. Disney just going, well, we don't need eight hundred million. Well, and I think with everything in life, it's all about timing, right? Because yeah. if Taika wouldn't have announced all the all of his plans for the next couple of years, he'd probably be a perfect 
replacement. Yeah. yeah. But he's already announced that he has this, this, and this to do. So, well, now, and although it's not comic book related, I really am excited the fact that they're talking about Edgar Wright being the next James Bond uh, director. Because we missed out on an Ant Man. Uh, Edgar Wright film, and I love Edgar Wright, uh, so I would have loved to see him do that, but the fact that he may do a James Bond, whoo! I don't know how I feel about that. I read that yesterday, and I still don't know how I feel about that. I would I would love to see it. I love Edgar Wright, but yeah. I don't know if he's... I mean, would we have to replace James Bond? Because I don't see a Daniel Craig being an Edgar Wright James Bond. I think he could... I think he could direct. Okay. I mean, why would you, why would you want to start over? I don't know. I mean, who would you pick? Would you do the Idris Alba? In today's political climate, I don't know if we can handle that. Wow. I know people, people get so pissy over fictional characters. It's like, well, he's not. He's Scottish. Right. Who gives a <laughs> Right. He has a license to kill that's not real. You right. know, we just want to see cool action shit. Right. <sighs> All the nonsense. So essential reads. Essential reads. Uh, you want to go first? I'm going to try to keep up with the list this time. <laughs> Are we just coming up with more essential reads? Yeah, more essential reads. You know why? Because this is actually helping me kind of reevaluate what I feel are essential reads. Because I, I look through a lot of these, and a lot of these have been just in, been really influenced by the time period I've grown up in. Right. I mean, you know, 1986 was such a huge year for comics. You know, obviously, I put Watchmen in there. Um, you know, because of the way it kind of just changed the direction. Um, and, and now I need to go back further. I, I feel like there, that, that is like the modern age to me. The modern age right. of comics started in 1986. Well, it started with, what, I guess, for better or for worse, Dark Knight. Dark Knight Returns. Returns yeah. Um, so I don't know. Uh, I, I want to see... I really need to go. I, th I feel like what I lack is a lot of golden age. I have some silver age knowledge, uh, but really probably golden age stuff I need to read. Uh, I need to definitely work in more independent stuff. Um, so it just it, it's kind of helping me broaden where I look at like, oh, these are the books I really love. These are what I feel is a foundation. And uh, it may not be. I may... I, mean, I think after this is I'm going to reevaluate a lot of what I've read and add more to it to right. kind of create an even broader foundation of comics for me. I think what I'll do this episode is probably go with things I know are essential reads that I have not read. And maybe you can fill in some information for me on some of the or why you would consider that a central read. Yeah, because um, right now, for me, most of it is like, it was an important book at an important time in my life. Uh, it had an effect on me. It stayed with me. It's given me something to go back to that book for, uh, whether it be art, whether it be story. Um, there's something that's kind of anchored me to that. Right. So that's kind of the books. That's A lot of that's where a lot of this is coming from. Um, I know my first book, uh, my first pick for today, I was really hoping Kyle was going to be on the phone because... Uh, I was going to go with the uh, Starman uh, Omnibus Volume 1. Uh, James Robinson, uh, Tony Harris. Uh, it is a, well, it, it was a 90s tale of the history of heroes. Uh, mm. Jack Knight is a reluctant hero who has taken over um, the mantle from his father, and this is the origin of that. 
Uh, I really recommend that first run. It is really... I just love the father-son relationship. I, re- I love the brothers' relationships. Um, I, I love Jack's uh, angle on the story. And when he kind of sees everything straight. If you haven't read this book, I recommend it. You don't have to know a lot of DC history. Uh, you just have to know that there was a guy in the Silver Age, uh, uh, Silver Age history named Starman, and that was Ted Knight, and this is uh, him passing the mantle. Right. Uh, and incredible run. Uh, half, half the art is Tony Harris, uh, but that first volume is all Tony Harris, and it is so beautiful, man. Those covers were incredible. Like, I love seeing his art now, but seeing him grow through this run is really another thing that makes this book special for me. Um, have you ever read it? I have not read that. Oh, Kyle and I are going to jump now. on you and say, Starman, must read for Adrian. I'm going to mark that one down. I got that. Um, I guess we can go with mine. Um, I know I said I'd need to find some, but I thought about it, and I wanted to bring up last episode, but I didn't. Um Something that I read recently that I think is probably oh, wow. such a planetary. Very, 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 very much yeah, true. Um, Warren Ellis, uh, John Cassidy. Uh, it's I forgot who did it. Uh, was it? Oh, it was Wildstorm. So it yeah, was Wildstorm. DC. Yeah. Um, it isn't set in any universe. Per universe se. per se, but. I found the elements of it. Uh, Warren Ellis was able to create uh, his own little world. And the interesting trick was adding all the mythology from DC, Marvel, and everywhere else. Everywhere else. And you, you see it, and you may not instantly know what it is, but by the time that little three or four panels you realize what it was and uh it was just really cool because just about every major comic book character is somehow referenced yeah i mean even from the reveal of the big bad being an offshoot of the fantastic four yeah so it's it was just a really fun read um all four volumes yeah yeah so all four volumes so I that included the Batman one, right? Yes. Okay, yeah, because the Batman one's a really fun one to look at all the different versions of Batman. Um, I love the team. Um, love Jocasta. Man, he always writes badass women. Yeah. Like, I just love seeing, you know, just these badass women that uh, Warren Ellis does. And he, even though a lot of people won't recognize it, I still think uh, Spider Jerusalem's assistants are mm-hmm. badass women. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And John Cassidy, the consistency of the art throughout the whole series is him. Yes. Beautiful. 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 I love um, Monster Island story. Yes, that was a great that, story. That, that's a fun that one. Was a, like King Kong, Godzilla, and Mothra and all that. So, yeah, it was... It was Like great. his twisted take on it. Right. And I, that's what I love. I, I mm. kind of missed that Warren Ellis. Uh, I was watching... Uh, they did a film on mm-hmm. him, a little documentary that's right. on YouTube. I'll put it out for everyone uh, because it actually... Uh, went from playing that into another documentary. Uh, and I'll pull that up in a second and make sure I'm talking about the right one here and looked in my history. Uh, but it was 
it was probably 2010, uh, Warren Ellis, and kind mm-hmm. of his history up to that point. And right. oh, the second one was uh, Super God. Right. It was a the Grant Morrison documentary. Okay. They're both on YouTube and free to watch. I have to look those up. Yeah, the Grant Morrison one's really good because that guy's he's I, out there. I, I just love the British Invasion because those guys are crazy. Right. Like you start talking about like Grant Morrison, yeah. you get into magic right. and shit. Right. Um, <laughs> Alan Moore. You Alan know, Moore and his two of the greatest writers and two arguably the craziest people on the face of the planet. Oh yeah. Um, and if you watch, if you watch Super God with Grant Morrison, he teaches you how to do magic. Right. Really. <laughs> I don't know if I can watch that. <laughs> I think we're going to do some magic in the sh- on the show next time. I think this is what we're right. going to we're we're study under uh, the apprenticeship of uh, Grant Morrison. Right. I love the in Planetary the team. Oh yeah. Um, the drummer. the chemistry the, the, yeah. the chemistry between Snow Jaka- uh, was it Jakita Jakata 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 I believe. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jakata and drums was really interesting. And I found it after reading. I see why, because IGN did a, a poll amongst comic book readers, fans, and comic book creators. Yeah. Of who the top 100 comic uh, characters of all time, and Elijah Snow was in the top 100. Oh, that's good. And this was like, you know, 10 years ago when they did this poll. Okay. And, um, you know, Elijah and Spider Jerusalem. Uh, because it's mainly superheroes, but you see Michonne, Rick Grimes, you oh, know. So, yeah. so um, it was a pretty comprehensive list. It was pretty good, and I never understood why Elijah Snow was there. But yeah, after reading it, you understand why he's there. He's a great character. Yeah, Warren Ellis uh, just comes up with these great characters that right. I love to read about because they have some some sort of dark past. Right. Uh, they're always trying to improve themselves, but never that great at it. Right. Um, was always, he? W- no, that was. That was that was Garth Ennis on what uh, Punisher Max. Punisher Max was yeah. Garth Ennis. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when, when you start to get into like Constantine, there's mm-hmm. so much overlap between those right. writers. It's always like you know who who wrote this piece mm-hmm. that. But piece. I think I mean, Warren Ellis did do a run on Punisher. He, uh, did he? I think so. Oh shit! I always I always go to Constantine as right. the book that everyone worked on. But if he did that, man, I, don't, I, think I need so. to hunt that down. I'll look that up. Look, look that up. Um, so Starman, I'm going to put that down. Note that, uh, you need to read it. Yes, I do. Okay. And then, uh, what was your book? Planetary. Planetary. All four volumes. Mm-hmm. Which I have read. And I don't know about Kyle, so we'll have to follow up with Kyle. Right. Um, yeah, in, in just the short time of Wildstorm, I may say that may be the best Wildstorm book. I'm trying to think of something that was I better. I can't think of anything better. Yeah. Um, my next book, I'm actually, I have a couple <laughs> on the list here, and I'm not sure which one to go with. Let's go We Three, since we've been talking Grant Morrison. Okay. We Three is... I've never even heard of this book. You've never heard of this book. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I love this. Okay, then I'm not gonna, even going to talk about it. <laughs> okay. It is uh, Grant Morrison, Frank Quietly. That's probably... That's all you need to say. You know, why it's at the top of my list. Mm-hmm. Uh, love that team up. Um, You're the ones that did All-Star Superman. All-Star Superman. Right. And, and the reason I'm going to put this above that is because it is an incredible story told in three issues. 
Um, it's about animals. I love that. And it's about um, whatever Adrian reads about it, because I'm not going to mm. go any deeper than that. Um, I'll, bring in, I'll bring in the hardcover, because it's got some cool notes in it, okay. and let you read it. All right. Um, ever since we... Show break, just to let you guys know, uh, we are now available on iTunes, Google Play. We've got all of our episodes uploaded. I think we're 100%. Uh, thank you, Shelby, mm-hmm. uh, for doing all that. <laughs> thank you, Shel. Uh, because uh, we have been behind, and I know a lot of people have had to watch live, but uh, mm-hmm. you can now find our episodes with more notes uh, on iTunes and Google Play. Yeah. So you and don't uh, have what's, to... the, what's the Android service? Um, We're on Android, that? Google. I get, yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, Google, Google yeah. Play. Right. Yeah, um, uh, she mentioned some other name though. Okay, I can't remember the name. Of it. But yeah, I'm finally glad uh, I'd been promoting it before. I had to pull it back because we didn't have all of our episodes up. We should have them 100. Um, percent If not, just post on our Facebook page and say, "Hey, where's this episode?" Not all episodes are getting posted. Some some of the quality didn't turn out great. So. Uh, but we're glad to have them all up and running uh, so you can catch up with us. Um, back to We Three. I'm going to put that down now seeing that, to talk in depth after you read it. Right. Um, Zach put up the, the, the cover. Y'all did this for uh, Dallas Comic Book Club, didn't you? Oh, yes. I remember seeing that cover. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's definitely one. Um, that should be an, and and actually I'm sorry was, North Texas Comic Book Club right? Dallas Comic Book Club is it Dallas Comic Book Club I got it right the first yeah. time <laughs> I called it for, I called it by the wrong name for so long and then I finally got it right and I know De- Devin would introduce me uh, with the North Texas and I always go Dallas 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 um, okay what's your what's your book Astro City wow wow I, I like that book. I have not read that in a long time, and I might have to reread it. Yeah, um, I like it because it's an anthology. I mean, each episode or each issue is a different character dealing with a different character in a city full of superhero characters. Do you um, have a, a an arc, a specific arc that you really no, recommend? No, um, the first volume is great. I got to read that. Um, that's really all I can recommend on that because I, it, it's so different. Yeah, you can um, get any story right. in, through any run on that. Right. And they come back to some other characters. and They do. Um, what I liked about it is, although I read it in a volume, I liked that you don't have to read it in any specific order. Like if you picked up a, uh, a loose issue, you can just read that story. And, and it's, standalone. it's a standalone story. Well, I'm going to put that down to reread and yeah, maybe yeah, research uh, some some of the arcs. Yeah, it's Busick, so can't, can't really go, wrong. go. No, no, you can't go. <laughs> that guy's wrong. awesome. He is. Um, and for my next one, it's more like a question to you whether it should be a central read. Oh, really? Because it's something I've been wanting to read, but I haven't had time, and I want to know if it's worth my time to read it. Okay. So we'll get. I guess we can call that. Uh, a tease. A tease. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Could I throw one in here? Go for yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Um, it's essential just because I think it's funny, um, but I think it's also a kind of a perfect one-shot title, and that is the 
here. Uh, the Lobo Paramilitary Christmas. Special. Oh, yes. It is the iconic Keith Griffin, Simon Bisley uh, comic, Alan Grant. Uh, basically, it's Lobo getting a hit but <laughs> getting, a, getting a hit from one uh, character and taking it out on another. Because doesn't he battle Santa Claus? Santa, Him and Santa Claus fight? Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny. Is, oh, that's right. That's it, right. I haven't read that in a long time. It, oh, okay. that definitely worth picking up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the, the artwork is traditionally, you know, messy, um, but it's still fun. Oh, man. Yeah. I love Simon Bisley's art. Yeah, yeah. I, getting, getting to meet that guy is just, the dude's intense. Yeah, he's awesome. So cool. I, I made the biggest faux pas. I was I was so excited to meet him. I was getting a print signed, and I was like, "Dude, I absolutely love the fact that you were involved with Spaced." <laughs> I go, "You did those covers for Simon Pegg's, uh, you know, artwork, faux artwork that ended up in the in the <laughs> in the cheap bin." Yep. And he goes, "Oh, that wasn't me." <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> I remember this. I remember you telling me about this. He goes, he goes, they asked me to do it, and he has guys who do art like him. Right. And it was just one of those guys. <laughs> and I was just like, thank you for the print. <laughs> but anyway. I felt like such a dumbass. But anyway, um, the thing is that what also kind of cool is, is that Lobo is my wife's favorite comic book. Oh, really? So she, so you know, her getting to me busily too was a kind of a cool thing. But you know, just kind of one of those things where we we got to share a title. That was why it was kind of an essential for me because you know it's something that I got to share with the spouse. Oh, that that is awesome. That yeah. is really awesome. I think the thing I love most is probably Keith Giffen writes incredible Lobo, and really he's the essential Lobo writer, and I think yeah. Bisley is the essential uh, Lobo artist. Right. The thing is that Lobo is chaotic artwork. It's not great, but it's fantastic oh, it's to look at. I love it. I, I can look at Simon Bisley's art. It's just... it. To it, me, it fits the story of yeah. the insanity. It's, yeah. it, it, it's punk rock and violent. Yeah. You know, it's meant to be done quick. And that's to me. That's what Lobo is. Yeah, I don't know if I could look at a clean cut Jim Lee style Lobo. We saw him hmm. in like the orange and black suit, and it's just like, what? What is this? Yeah, I, I mean Lobo. Lobo's rock and roll. He's you know, yeah. bite me fanboy. It's you know, I, to me Simon Bisley incorporates that. I I think uh, Bill Sienkiewicz yeah. could do it. I mean, there's lots of guys who could do it, but I think. I just don't see like clean cut yeah. being a style Lobo would ever work with. Exactly, especially when they rebooted him. That that awful right. version. I want to call it the CW Lobo. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if you get right. a chance, someone actually did a fan film of the Paramount Trey Christmas Special. It's out yes. there, and it's brilliant. It is. It's so good because that guy really pulls off Lobo. Holy shit! That they get it. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, we have videos to post. We're going to be posting right. uh, videos for uh, you guys to find. Um, oh, this is going to be a cop-out. I don't know if I'm going to survive this one. I have to go within my next book being an essential read because of the way it changed things. I've talked about it time and time again, and Dark Knight Returns is an essential read. Oh, you wait till Kyle wasn't here. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, I would love to debate Kyle on this one, uh, but I feel it needs to be in now. Um, whether, you, you know, your thoughts well, on I Frank mean, Miller, uh, 
can go all over the place, but that book's a pretty important book in 1986. It's a, it's a very important book because, like you said, it pretty much set in stone what the modern age of comics is. Yeah, it turned um, everything a little darker. Very dark. It showed um, Batman can, you know, be a violent, violent book and what uh, Frank Miller could do with that. Right. I mean, he did that more in Daredevil, but I think the violence and the level of what he did with Batman in Dark Knight Returns hadn't been done since maybe Neil Adams kind of shook it up a little bit with the changes from the 60s show. Right. I mean, everyone, I think, I think the Batman everyone loves now, the Batman we read in Scott Snyder's books, in Tim, uh, or in Scott Snyder's Justice League, and if Tim and Tom King's uh, is based off that Frank Miller Batman. Right. It's going to be dark, violent, um, not always great. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that those books always have to have that tone uh, because. Obviously, Tom King has done some lighter toned books with some of the villains, and they've been fantastic. Right. Um, but you definitely saw an increase. And living through that time, you saw every character suddenly come out as dark this, death this, blood this. Right. And you're just like, okay. It was a lot of image books. You know what? A lot. So when they talk about the modern age of comics and when that turned around, do you find it interesting that all of them are DC comics? So if you think about it, Dark Knight Returns, Watchmen, and some would argue uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths as a turning point in comics. Yeah, I'm looking for the Marvel titles that coincide. I mean, because if you think about Daredevil Born Again, that's a few years after Dark Knight because Miller stayed with DC for a little bit after Returns. Um, Yeah, I mean... Marvel, I, I just don't know, and, and really now, I don't think they do anything. They don't go for the big... Gritty. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they make them event books, and right. they make them you know, kind of crappy, right. and they uh, turn it into fast food, and don't make it as good as it could be. I feel like there are so many books like, um, oh, what was it, the Sin Eater book? Or not Sin Eater, uh, what was the Jason Aaron run? Original Sin. Original Sin. I felt like that could have been a lot better. It but could it have just been. kind of it, like Marvel will create these uh, event books and they just kind of take place within the book. And then it's like if you're reading, you know, a, a, a character that came out of that book, you kind of have to go back to read that. Right. Like you, they don't just. I, I'm not really sure what I'm saying here. I, don't know. <laughs> I will tell you this I will unabashedly defend The Last Secret Wars. I like that story. The only my only complaint about that story was that they started off with kind of like this Game of Thrones vibe, but yeah. then dropped off of it. But the art was beautiful. I mean, the covers were all done by Alex Ross. Um, I thought the story, other than my one complaint, was a pretty star, solid, solid storyline. You have, I mean, just the thought of Doctor Doom is like the All Father, you know, sitting on the uh, Yggdrasil as his throne. Yeah. And as his chief justice, Doctor Strange. I, I did like a lot of that setup. I did, yeah, I did but the, that book was hurt by delays in being out on time. Right. I mean, it was months before we saw, I think, like, seven, eight, nine. Right, it was. And, again, you know, just the Marvel way. Yeah. I, I, and, and I hate to knock it, 
but they wanted to keep the same artists on the books, and that's why. Yeah. And and I would rather have that. And and I and I'm still going to complain. You know, if you're going to have it Ribbick, event book, it, wasn't it Ribbick that did the the end? The I end so, yeah, yeah. I mean, and they wanted him good. on the whole book, which I I get. It makes be, it mm-hmm. it makes more sense when you collect that later. It's going to look beautiful, right? But when it's coming out, it's shit. When it's delayed, I'll defend that because I love doing my Thor run. So if he was doing <laughs> Thor, and that's the reason why I was delayed, screw you, Kyle. Or, <laughs> screw you, Clay. Screw um, you, Kyle. Anyway, yeah. screw, screw you, Kyle, you for Kyle. not calling in. Right. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I this makes it, and see that's why I love this discussion because uh, you're right. A lot of these DC arcs are really important and groundbreaking and a lot of the marvel ones they just don't have that i mean like i like i put dark phoenix really high because we're still seeing the after effects of phoenix i mean that's the story everybody wants to tell it's when uh someone takes it does something original with it makes it the story that people want to tell i i i saw an interview with joe casey once and joe casey's great and he goes um everyone loves grant morrison's run on the x-men Right. It is great. A lot of bad art. A lot of, yeah. Frank quietly started but didn't finish that. Right. And, and that still bums me out to this day. And one of the worst books is, uh, oof, God, I hate to crap on an artist. There's a run in there where there is there is art that is really better than what the artist turned out, and the inking is really bad. Right. And I was really bummed out by that. But, uh, but um, Grant Morrison, um, I'm, you're going to have to take over for me because now I'm just... My mind just shut off. <laughs> During this technical interruption, I like to bring up a book. Um, <laughs> and uh, I guess this is more of a question as to whether you think this may be an essential read. Um, the Boys. Mm. Because I've heard a lot about it. I want to read it. But is it something that I should stop down? No, not stop all? down. Not stop down? Um, it, it is fun. It's worth reading. Is that Ellis too? It, yeah. It, or, no, it's Garth Ennis. Garth Ennis, yeah. It's Garth Ennis. Um, it's Derek. Oh, my gosh. Because they're making it into a TV series. So Yeah. I, I'm trying to remember who the artist is, though. It's Derek. Oh, I hate that. I can't think of that. I'll look it up. Yeah, look it up. Um, the Boys is worth reading, but it's one of those books, after you've read a lot of comics, it kind of takes... It, it makes fun of all the tropes. Right. So... Once you've kind of gotten a good foundation of comics, it's a it's a good read because it it plays off a lot of that. Okay. All right. So my actual pick, um, I'm gonna go with some more recent things. Okay. That I just think everybody should read. Um, I don't know if it's a groundbreaking, you know, essential read, but I find both of these stories, uh, my next two books, to be. Very fun, very entertaining books. Um, the Visions. Oh, yes. Oh, um, yes. I just love that book. I just love that story. The um, I think it's only one volume. I mm-hmm. think. I think it's only like six issues or something like that. No, no, there's 12 issues. For okay. the Vision, the Tom yeah. King run? Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's 12 issues. Uh, but I think they collected it into one volume, right? Yeah. Or, yeah. There's a nice there's a nice hardback. I think he tweeted out a picture right. that he of what he got. Uh, oh, I, I have to I have to agree. It, it is a current book, mm-hmm. but it's a game changer. Yeah, and you just don't see that many uh, game changers like right. that from Marvel recently. Right. Um, it just gave a whole new voice to Vision, uh, to his daughter, 
to see it just I don't know it's it's weird because like I can't imagine a story like this mm-hmm. it's just very cool that he would come up with a, a family and try to be normal yeah after all, all the history he's had with Scarlet Witch and everything it's really interesting yeah, my girlfriend's th- been really into Scarlet Witch since the mm-hmm. movies and so she's been reading a lot of the stories mm-hmm. and then and I keep wanting to go this vision book though this vision book. yeah uh, I think she should read because the Although Scarlet Witch is in there much, she plays... It's weird because we're talking about an android. Yeah. And we're talking about an android's mental state uh, because he's dealing with these relationships because he had an actual relationship with a human. And when she pops up in there, her and her new boyfriend, (laughs) it's very short, very brief, but very... It's very poignant um, time. And then... Also talking about mental breakup, uh, what happens with his wife, her story arc during the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, you just see, although, again, we're talking about an android. but Well, it's just the, the moments. Yeah. Like To me, what I love is when he shows Vision battling some giant monster, whether it right. be Fing Fang Foom or whoever, right. him taking a call from home going, honey, can this wait till later? You know, <laughs> right. just, those yeah. kind of things. That was just, great. You put in those great little moments where you go, you can kind of relate to it, and you go, oh, okay, that's what Vision's life is like, is he getting right. calls in the middle of battles, and he's still battling and talking. He's like, can we just talk about this later, or can right. you know, do this, or he's giving instructions while he's still battling. Right. Um, Derek Robertson. Derek Robertson, yes! Oh, I love his art. Mm-hmm. Uh, Transmetropolitan, too. Uh, if, if you're a fan of his art, you should definitely be reading that. Right. Uh, he did a run on Nightcrawler. But the boys, he definitely lifted uh, Simon Pegg as one of the characters right. that uh, you start with. You kind of see his journey into the beginning of the boys. So it's really neat uh, because his art is really great. Right. I love him. Um, for my next book, um, it this is a bit of Silver Age in the modern age. This is Brad Meltzer's Identity Crisis. You kind of, it, it, it tips its... It, it dips its toe in the Silver Age uh, with the Justice League lineup that it gives you and talks about a story that happened during that time. And who do we trust? Uh, have you ever read it? I have. I read it. Crisis. Okay. Yes. Is that the one with uh, Wonder Woman holding the sword on the cover? And it, um, oh, on, I look so it up. I think it is. I want to make sure because I don't want to spoil anything. And I'm not going to spoil anything for anyone listening. I just want to touch on there's some so many highlights. Crisis. Yeah, it's, it, it's, there's a, there's a death of a character. A character's wife dies. I was saying if that, if that didn't trigger it, then. Yes, I have read it. Okay. Um, and through that, we start to find out an unraveling of history of these heroes. And maybe when uh, the evil's gotten a little darker uh, than normal and a little more personal, what do you do? And seeing the Justice League and what they did, uh, is it's a really great story. Uh, I love Brad Meltzer uh, when he does comics. His Green Arrow stuff is great. But Identity Crisis, I feel like, is a really good touchstone for not only Silver Age, uh, but for the modern age. Uh, it gives you a little bit of taste of what the characters were like back then, uh, but gives it a darker edge with what they had to do today. So I really think Identity Crisis is essential reading. Uh, and since Kyle's not here, 
can't give us a brief recap. Right. Uh, what do you got next? My next book, uh, once again, uh, more modern, um, more recent. Um, oh, I can't think of the writer's name right now. Oh, what book? Hawkeye. Oh, uh, Matt Fraction. Matt Fraction, yes. Yes. We love you, Matt. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is <laughs> featured a lot in the Grant Morrison documentary. Right. Is yeah. he? Yeah. I'll check that out today, then. Yeah, I'll, post, uh, I'll post links to it uh, when I get home. Uh, I, I have to agree. Hawkeye is a modern um, story of a guy who is just a hero with no super. Right. <laughs> and the situation he puts him in is just so... It's very fresh, um, a very fresh take on a modern day superhero with no powers. Right. Um, or he's a superhero that's not super. And so, although, ironically, he is a super in this, in this, in this run. Well, it's, it's interesting because he uses his power to get a lot of money, to save the people in this building, to fight the uh, Russian mob, the mm-hmm. Russian bros. Right. <laughs> <laughs> bros, bros, bros. bros. Um, but uh, it's the dialogue, it's the art design, the it, relationship with Kate Bishop, the relationship. I mean, because you're uncomfortable. Anyone who's watched Community, I love. I absolutely love that show. And mm-hmm. there, there's a relationship that people wanted to always have, which was Jeff and Annie, which mm-hmm. was someone who was, you know, it. I believe twenty right. in the show, and someone who was forty something. Right. Very uncomfortable age difference. Right. <laughs> and that's what they have in this is they have a very uncomfortable age difference that both of them kind of talk about and deal with a right. little bit, uh, especially when uh, he's changing in her car and she's like looking at him and he's like you with the abs. I mean, I mm. love those little like yeah, just well, I mean, great. All moments. you have to say is there, there's it, it's a it's a twelve issue run. Um. But there's but one the whole issue. Series is like 23 issues, so I yeah, totally yeah, recommend yeah, yeah, the whole yeah, series. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's right, because there's volume one and volume two. Yeah, you can get an so, omnibus for like 75 bucks. Right. Um, what happened to the screen? Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, he... Uh, <sighs> God, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> no, that's okay. Uh, um, David Aha. Yeah. For me, the one thing that really made this a game changer was uh, reading it digitally. It right. had a pacing that you could suddenly follow because the dialogue was written so fast uh, so that you saw this action. Right. And it would slow down for those character moments, which are really beautiful. Right. Oh, what I was going to say was there's one issue called Pizza Dog. The- there's no talking. No dialogue within the whole episode. Yeah, and it's just it's done it's, it's a great, great issue of comics, um, and that's why maybe because of that one issue is the reason why. Well, that in the issue where Hawkeye loses his hearing. Yeah. So it, there's really no dialogue in that one either. He's using sign language. Yeah, he's using sign language. Another so great issue. But it's just two great issues within the story arc that are just that makes it, I think, an essential read. I yeah, I I agree. It's nice because it 
it kind of rides that wave of the Avengers movie because right. the first page opens with that fall that he does for right. the first film, and then you realize, oh yeah, he just gets beat the hell up right. a lot. Right. Um, also, what I like about these two, the last two books that I've recommended for new comic book readers, great jumping on, great jumping on points. Oh yeah, the Vision is great because you mm. meet his family right. in that first issue. Right. Uh, Hawkeye, you really get a. A great sense of Kate Bishop. Right. Um, she doesn't tolerate his bullshit. Mm-hmm. No, she <laughs> and doesn't. That's, that, that's great about her. She um, she worries about him. Uh, he is a man man boy who just kind of can't take care of himself sometimes. Right. Can't even put his own stereo equipment together. He has to call right. Tony Stark. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, I also love the fact that they brought in the fact that he is just this comic book playboy. And all his ex-girlfriends are now living in the Avengers mansion, just sitting around <laughs> talking about him. Yeah, and comparing notes. It's it, it, it's just it's hilarious. Clint has the worst luck with women. Right, <laughs> right. Oh, that's right. Because Bobby has come over to, uh, for d- divorce papers. Right? Yep. Does he have some divorce on papers? Vi- Valentine's Day. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I could go on and on about this book. I love it yeah. so much. I. I I was rereading it um, after I'd finished it the first time. I'll probably it'll probably come back into the rotation. I just love those character moments. Um, I, I've been following Matt. Is there Rich. a hard co- is there a hardcover for that? I think uh, I think there's a omnibus hardcover. Okay. Right. Uh, I've been following Matt Fraction. Guys, we got to wrap up here. We're just about oh out wow of time. time. So yeah, oh. time flies when we're having fun. All right. Well then. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Next Issue Podcast. You can find us on the Twitters at Next Issue Pod. You can find me on the Twitters at Clay underscore Harrison. If you got any problems with any of these books, give me. You can go ahead and add at me. Right. <laughs> and of course, friend us on Facebook. Right. Yeah. Friend us on Facebook. Watch our live stream. Um, you can find me on Twitter at at Adrian underscore Harry. Feel free to ask me any questions you want. I'm an open book. And don't forget that uh, the Next Issue podcast will be part of Who Needs Sleep this coming Labor Day weekend. We yes. Will, uh, we'll be doing a very special episode uh, for charity, uh, whoneedsleep.org. Uh, tune that in, a 36-hour telethon to benefit Cook Children's Hospital and Cancer Support North Texas. One, one more plug. Uh, if you get a chance, uh, if you have nothing to do this afternoon, the Dallas Comic Book Show, or the Dallas Comic Show is in Louisville today. It's in Louisville, yes. Um, a lot of great off. Yeah. Or I-35. Off, yeah, and so... Um, a lot of great guests, a lot of great creators and artists, so go check it out. Yeah, it is really fun. I went yesterday, and uh, Mark, again, puts on a great show. Uh, glad to see the Fantasy Festival name coming back. Yes. Guys, we're out. Thanks for tuning in. That was uh, one thing, too, that we talked about. This is DallasOnAir.com.